Hello everyone, thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Hope you're all doing well out there. As some of you may know, I am expanding the scope of the podcast guests to include other interesting folk as well as musicians. So if you are up to something that you would like to share on this podcast, I would love to hear from you. Now, this could include fields such as comedy, acting, poetry, science, history, engineering, you name it. No subject is off limits. Uh, You can message me on the podcast Facebook page, which for now is still called Bristol Made Music. I am in the process of changing it to the the page's name to the Simon Campbell incident, which should happen next week. Uh, You can also email me on the Simon Campbell incident at gmail.com. Also, if this is your first time here, please consider subscribing to or following the show for a new podcast episode every Thursday. Now, onto the show, which is brought to you by myself. So, in case you did not know, I give guitar lessons, so if you would like to learn a new skill, then do not hesitate to get in touch. I've been playing guitar for nearly 20 years, and I customise all my lessons around each people's individual's needs and personal taste in music. Whether you're an absolute beginner or well on your way to a rock and roll stardom, I can absolutely help you out along the way. Now that restrictions have been easing up, I can now give guitar lessons in person with social distancing. So you can either come to my studio where I can teach you or I can happily travel to yours. Also, for all the teaching I was doing online during lockdown, I can confidently offer my teaching services via video chat. This means that wherever you are in the world, I can absolutely help you out with your play. Now, I know what you're thinking. Guitar lessons can be expensive. Well, fear not. I'm offering the first lesson for each new pupil at the half price of just £15, but this deal also gets better. If you mention in your inquiry that you found me through the Simon Campbell incident, then you'll get another £5 off your first lesson. So that's just a humble £10 for your first one-hour guitar lesson with yours truly. I don't think you're going to get a better offer than that. So you can find out more about me and all my teaching services on my official website, which is simonteachesguitar.com. That's simonteachesguitar.com. And you can also email me at simonteachesguitar90 at gmail.com. So that is simonteachesguitar90 at gmail.com. My guests today are self-described as Bristol-based string twiddlers, beat hoppers and space dreamers. They've been making music together at a safe distance during lockdown and their single Mitty is available online. Please welcome Steve and Paul from Pengamax. Right, let's get straight into it. So, your most recent single, uh, Mitty, am I saying that right? Mitty, yeah. So... Yeah, tell us about it. Well, it was my attempt to write something simple, I think, because I always just overcomplicate, try and put as many notes like as I possibly can. My, like my whole thing with guitar is like I have to enjoy actually like physically playing yeah. the thing. So like the more like the more movements I can do, like the happier I am basically. Um, but it's yeah, it's difficult to actually record stuff like that. <laughs> I find so I just wanted to do something simple and yeah. Just came about from that chord progression really but um i can't like i have the ideas and stuff but i can't like it's difficult for me to gel it together to something coherent so mm-hmm. that's why i sent it all to paul yeah so this paul is where so this is where paul comes in yeah <laughs> <laughs> but here's all my bits can you make it sound like a proper song <laughs> yeah what, I mean, so so it started out with a so so over over the lockdown period we've done a little bit of stuff together so i've been writing some stuff 
and wanted a proper musician on the track. Uh, so, um, so Steve uh, uh, has has been writing some guitar solos. We're very close to having them recorded. Yeah, but they haven't arrived just yet. Anyway, <laughs> um, and, it's on the SD card. And, and, and so, um, so, uh, so Steve basically said, "Do you mind doing a, a, a keyboard solo?" So, um, of course, you know, it'd be my pleasure to do so. And also um, said, well, do you want me to produce it? And, uh, and, uh, and that's kind of where it started. But as a track, it came together really quickly, really. Yeah, yeah. The whole, like, the sort of Pengamax thing I was starting to do, it was like, I've got lots of friends that are musicians, so I wanted to do, like, something collaborative. So I, like, mm. put the structure together and have an idea of it and then just, like, send people segments, just, like, do what you want over this bit. Um, so that was the first one, really. So, yeah, Paul, I just, like, I don't know, you from one, one minute 15 do your thing and then like see what happens basically so I quite like that because you don't I've given up like having a set plan of how I want something to sound because mm-hmm. I just go off on tangents as I go anyway and I'll hit an effect and you get a squ- like squeal or something like right I'm going to just do that for so yeah I like having to keep it bare bones and then let other like people fill in the gaps sort of thing mm. so that's going to that's sort of the, the purpose of it so but yeah, that's worked well on that one track so far. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so was that sort of born out of, out of this, that way of work? Was that kind of like born out of like necessity through lockdown? Or was this sort of like something you'd always sort of planned on doing? I, I, I think that way of working is perfect for me, really, because you, you just get time. If you get a file, you've got time to sit and listen to it and play around with it and stuff. When you're, I don't know, if we're improvising in, this, in the rehearsal space or something, it's a bit more... Good stuff can come, but I feel like I'd rather sit down and really listen to it and take the time with it. So, mm. and I think yeah, it works better sending stuff back and forth. I think. I think there's definitely something to be said for for crafting something, because you'll start with an initial idea and you'll be very enthusiastic about it. But actually, if you if you then refine what you've done, um, you know, I'd say you know, from a production wise, this is the most grown up thing I've ever done. <laughs> you know, it just sounds like grown ups made some music as opposed to. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, there's yeah. lots you can teach me then. <laughs> well, that's that's all my years of uh, experience. Um, so, but uh, yeah, and um, and it and, and it was one of those things that went back to Steve, and Steve was like, "Well, I've got a load of ideas for for some other additional guitar tracks to go along to it." Um, you know, shall I do this, that, and the other? And really, the direction was, well, just chuck it all in. And we'll see what happens. Yeah, and pretty much, they all stayed. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, because right at the end, there's like so many guitar parts just weaving in and in and out, and I really, really like how that's sort of like work, works for your keyboard part as well. There's just lots going on. Kind of like it's kind of reminds me of sort of like sort of kind of a bit grungy in the way well, like, with the big dynamic. Yeah, yeah. Shifts it, like it, maybe something like Sonic Youth would would do. I'm not as that much Sonic Youth, but. It kind of struck me because it's quite surfy as well. Yeah. So it's yeah. that old school America. Are you playing like some like a Fender Jag or something like that? It's a Duesenberg star player. Oh. Right. So it's got a big like big B style tremolo yeah. on it, which yeah. I use a lot. Um, but initially, like when I was when I was sort of demoing it and stuff, it was I called it Blunge because I was like, it's like blues and grunge, like, <laughs> like, um, and it was a lot heavier. I think like the initial idea I'd done, like some of the heavier parts. But yeah, I do. I always add too much, but I love like all the like textures and layers and stuff is where it's at for me so trying to like incorporate that without it getting too hectic mm. which um, I've never successfully done on my own so that's why Paul's been <laughs> like actually spacing stuff out and giving things room sounds really good so yeah but a lot, I, 
I don't know, a lot of the um, other tracks that I've written are going to come out. They're all quite different, I think. Like, nothing's... Yeah. Yeah, so that, that was something else I wanted to ask, was, like, how, how the other songs are going? Because you, you've got more in the pipeline, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they're all really different, really. I don't really stick mm. to, like, a sort of genre, I don't think. Yeah. Just follow the, follow the sounds later. Like, <laughs> yeah. I have to put edit this bit out. This no, 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 it's all good, man. It's all good. No, it, it, it's good to be thoughtful about it. You know, it's better that than just a. Yeah, uh, I don't really start yeah. with the guy. I just like I, I just go for. I don't imagine be a chord or something. That's like I like the sound of that. I, I lean towards like more darker stuff generally. I think. Mm. Um, I just go with it now. I've given up trying to. That 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 song was the the next one that's coming out. Sorry, is the only one where I've actually had it in my head and then like yeah. like it's come out on guitar exactly as it, like it meant. Um, so that was a revelation so I don't know if that'll happen again that might have been a one-off but <laughs> I don't know do you find that when you're playing like is it well like just, just, just like you get an idea in your head and then it just comes, you... up, comes up for your hands uh, it... but does it change a lot from your initial like like concept of it when you start playing it and stuff yeah I think it varies from time to time you know sometimes you can kind of just like you can just be thinking about uh, like a sort of style of song that you kind of want to write and then you'll just sort of naturally sort of play into that um, but yeah but sometimes it might just it'll just start off as something and then you'll just run off on a, on a, on a tangent or something like that like, like, like you were saying Steve so yes and no yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, like a, I, I often find it's quite nice to sort of like how kind of like work backwards thinking like what kind of effect do you want like a tune to have yeah and then sort of be like okay how do we how do we get there yeah yeah you know but uh, you know, d- 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 uh, you know, as you guys know, there's like no rules to this, are there? You know, it's just, just, just whatever makes it sound good. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I like the collaborative thing of it because you don't know what what's going to come back. So it's like, mm. yeah. So how did you guys? Because um, I know you guys go back a fair a fair bit. Why, why don't you give us some uh, some 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 background about where this all where this all started? Well, so um, uh, I. I started um, with a with a chap called uh, Matthew Hayes, uh, a uh, Damon Albarn tribute band called All Barn with double L. Mm. So do you see what I did? Mm. And, uh, it's good, isn't it? Nice. <laughs> and, and actually, so I used to I used to live share with well Matt. played. I used to live chef uh, live share with Matt, and um, we came up with the name when we were coming up with names for tribute acts. And he was a bass player, and it's like, well, we'll just have to make it now. Anyway, um, so uh, so as part of that, he was already in a band. They had a guitarist. We started doing um, Blur and Gorillas, and and uh, that's as far as we got, to be fair. And uh, and then um, then the guitarist left, so um, we needed to audition for a guitarist. Um, and um, Graham Coxon turned up, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and, uh, and 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 that's sort of where it started. But I don't think we did any more than like two rehearsals, three rehearsals. Yeah, two rehearsals. Well, I did an audition, and then the second time I met up with you guys was when we auditioned the drummer, who mysteriously disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah, never saw him again. Um, and then that was that was the end of it. <laughs> uh, I not like I'd not played with anyone for probably eight or nine years at that point. I was just playing at home in bedroom and stuff. Yeah. I was like right, I need to. I need to go out and play with some people mm. and um, yeah you, after you accepted me in I was like right brilliant I'm going to buy all this gear and like like I need amps I need all this stuff yeah 
And it was like, right, oh, that's kind of died then. <laughs> uh, okay. But off, off, off the back of that, um, the, the the singer that we got in to do that, Mike, um, he uh, he and I were, were chatting uh, one evening about setting up an originals band. Um, uh, and so we started uh, the band that, that, that I'm in with Steve called We Used to See the Sky. Um, uh, and, and we we had a few you know just as just as a, a duo um and then mike said well should we get steven it was like yeah <laughs> a proper musician seems like a good idea to me um uh, and then then kind of that was that three years ago yeah 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 it must have been three years time ago. time flies we've had a lot of grand plans you know go on tour have an album and all the rest of it had a lot of people come and go <laughs> so. yeah, <we> <laughs> uh, i know how that goes <laughs> It's a nightmare, isn't it? Yeah, but you um, know, um, got got to live the the childhood dreams of playing like the Louisiana and stuff. So, nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a good venue. That it is a great venue. I remember it from my childhood. Yeah, so, not that young. <laughs> if anyone's listening. <laughs> so, uh, what what was the name of this band back then? Uh, so we, we oh, called... so was it, was it was that this band now? Yeah, yeah, ah, yeah. Right. yeah. Still, yeah, we just haven't done anything every for a while for lockdown and stuff. So. It's no. difficult, isn't it, with the five of you getting in a room together and stuff? You can really do it, so... Yeah. And especially when the end goal is to play somewhere, and that's it, also pretty difficult. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we're going to be getting any, like, live proper gigs until 2021 at this... I agree. At this rate. I've got a solo show at a, par- at a private party tomorrow, which has been bumped forward before we, before gatherings are sized down again. Right. Right. Um so yeah just uh, that's been my that's going to be my first show in about six months so uh, we'll see how that goes <laughs> but well, is that just you and a what, just you and a guitar is it you, so me, me it? and a guitar yeah I'll just just finish off the set list this morning uh, 2.45 so sort of covers and I'm sneaking in a few originals as well but, okay yeah a bit nervous actually because it's a long time till not yeah six yeah, months isn't it when you, the, you know, the audience will be absolutely up for something else so I hope so that has to be <laughs> with yeah. how shit I'm going to be. Well, to be fair, like I mean, most of the gigs we've had, there've been less people in the audience than in the band, so social distancing <laughs> yes. isn't really like we wouldn't think would be a problem. But. Yeah, <laughs> all our gigs are socially distanced. <laughs> yeah, gigs. yeah. <laughs> the quarantine might <laughs> actually mean things have picked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, dude, um, I can laugh. I, I, I can make those jokes. I've, I've been there. I've been there myself, seriously. Like, uh, but that's the so, but having been in a, a covers band. That's the trade-off. Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to do your own stuff, you have to face fast, and nobody wants to hear it. Yeah, to start with. Yeah, to start with, and uh, then you'll build yourself up, and then hopefully more people start coming. Yeah, there's an awful lot of effort to get to that point, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really it really does sort of separate the the wheat from the chaff. You know, you do yeah. have to suck it up. Um, and luck though as well like I, I used to live with a guy who was in a band and he was like they big on the scene like down in Southampton and stuff and playing with a lot of other bands and people like um, Band of Skulls and mm. like um, oh, what's the other I can't remember who they're called but like oh, Mumford, like the bassist from Mumford and Sons and stuff but like all these people that they used to play with like locally like all went on and like made it really big and they did they were really good but it was just like like the wrong kind of music for that time almost yeah and they just yeah. never, they just never got anywhere but like yeah, drive like three hours to go and play to six people in the middle yeah. of nowhere kind of thing and back. Yeah, and it was, yeah I've done that. It was all good laugh. It's yeah. all good practice, isn't it? So. Well, I, I, I cut my teeth playing in pubs 
in like an acoustic duo. Right. Uh, which, you know, mixed results because uh, the uh, guy I was playing with uh, didn't really, didn't really comp- compromise at all in terms of what we were playing. So it was kind of like old school blues country. Like Rolling Stones was like the kind of most mainstream that we went. Right. But it wasn't like Brown Sugar. It would be like tunes from XL on Main Street. Great yeah. stuff and everything. But yeah, uh, sometimes like traveling all the way to London to do a show and just to like have it just go down like a lead balloon. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you, you, you got to do it. You do. You got to do it. Um, I, I actually think all that kind of stuff is good for the soul because it it, it it teaches you that you need to do it for yourself. So if you enjoy doing it, then actually it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the other thing that I learned is that uh, any crowd loves Dolly Parton's nine to five and or B fifty two's Love Shack. Oh. <laughs> so we should wait. We just start every set with that then. That's we all like, do. So oh, we always yeah. in the right mood. Or we should do, right. do it in that sort of like moody ambient thing that Mitty's in. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Yeah, I might try and do some covers at some point. Some instrumentals. Changed the rules though, didn't they? You used to be able to release yeah. covers, I think, without it being too onerous to do. But now you've got to get permission. And stuff. Really? Yeah, I think so. Isn't it an original thing if you've done it uh, in your own way? No, uh, I don't know. Don't look at me. I have no idea. You <laughs> you like a metal, a, like a metal a version nine to five. I'm no expert like... on whether you can release covers or not. Oh yeah. Well, music law has always been squirrely, but it seems to be even more so nowadays with streaming and... uh, 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 yeah I mean if, if somebody wants to take you to court then someone heard what you did so <laughs> I'll yeah. take that yeah, yeah, <laughs> the day I get sued is when I know I've made it yeah. now, now's the time to do it because I've got nothing I've literally got nothing to lose yeah. so like... <laughs> yeah just like just rewrite back Hard Day's Night or yes, something like right. just, just, just completely <laughs> Oh my god, Paul McCartney knows who I am. He's suing me, but I'll take it as an endorsement. That's right, game plan. Cut this bit out because I don't want anyone else to know about. We're ahead of the curve. Well, 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 we've got until Thursday for this to, before this comes okay, out. So right. uh, we got uh, you know clocks ticking, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, new album coming out. Uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Kind of Long name, I know, but hear me out. I think it's got some good stuff on it. <laughs> <laughs> Words and music by Penka Max. <laughs> yeah. So, how do you guys come up with uh, Lucy in the Sky Diamonds? That's a really cool song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if it actually will actually work when, if, when I'm, I'm thinking about it. No, it feels like it's doomed. <laughs> so, the stuff yeah. that you do, is it, am I right in thinking it's going to be all instrumental then, or are we going to get some vocals in there? Um, there may be some, there may be some voices, but there probably won't be like traditional kind of lyrics and singing. But there might be like vocal elements to it. Mm. Um, but I'm more into like more recently, I've been leaning into like instrumental kind of ambient mixed with like really heavy kind of sections. So that's that's generally what I enjoy writing at the moment. Mm. So I don't really feel like. I don't feel like I want to have anything to say lyrically. Like I'm not, I don't know. I just it's for me. It's more about like I just want to get lost in like just textures and soundscapes kind of thing is where I really enjoy it. So that's yeah. Mm. Um, but there may be an opportunity arises where some lyric would help or give some context to something. But 
it's not that's not my kind of goal I would say hmm. I also feel like it, it it all becomes about the lyrics and the melody and the vocals when you, like, a lot of the time mm-hmm. so I don't really want that if you know what I mean to be I want it to be about the, the guitar and the sounds and the yeah yeah so it's, so it's um, more like a, like a soundscape rather than a, yeah yeah rather than um, like a song and yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Um, That's a bold move. move. You, you, I mean, like, you, you don't see it too. Yeah, too but I do often. like some of the favorite thing. Like, you can listen to uh, an album like different. Um, just like I feel like you can invoke different moods, kind of better. If you know what I mean, like it's less obvious than like lyrics in a way. Yeah, l- lyrics can sort of tell you how to feel. Yeah. Uh, um, whereas with just 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 the sound, it's so much more open to interpretation. Yeah. Obviously, it depends yeah. on the lyrics because some lyrics are more. Directing on the nose, then, but it's tough as well, like to, to to write lyrics that are kind of meaningful and interesting whilst not being nah. like nah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, the having ambiguity ambiguity to them, yeah. whatever as well. It's like it's just that's a whole other skill set that I don't have or have time to learn. So I'm not, I just focus on. I don't enjoy it as well. To be honest, yeah. like it's when I have tried to do it, it's just given me a headache. Well, so there you go. Like, I mean, like. I think yeah, with with writing music, you should be doing. It sounds kind of obvious, but you should be doing stuff that you enjoy. Because if you enjoy writing it, yeah, then that's gonna gonna come through. You know, if you're you're writing to a quota or or something something like that, it can be just you're not really writing it for yourself. And I think yeah, I think writing music, you have to start from like a selfish place. Oh, you have yeah, to try yeah. and entertain yourself first, because otherwise, how on earth is that gonna entertain? Yeah, anyone yeah. else. Well, that's the thing, and I've always done. I, you know, I fully do it for me. Like that's why, like that's why I enjoyed. Like this, this project's been good because I like, yeah, the band. Like the band was really good for because it is like having five of you all the different inputs and stuff. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like you have to kind of find your like slot and like not overplaying was the thing I like learned and just doing what fits mm-hmm. the song. But yeah, having like just control over it to do just to do the sounds you want, or whatever is like, and also like following traditional like song structures and stuff as well I think when you've got lyrics you have to kind of do that mm-hmm. like verse like and I'm not really into that mm. um, yeah like I said like I said earlier just sort of following the sound stuff it might the, like, one of the tracks I've written is just basically the same riff for like six minutes but then there's little sections that kind of change it so you don't notice mm-hmm. um, and that's the yeah I find that I love that so that's yeah, of, yeah. So you, you get more freedom because you don't need to think like, oh, we need to fit another verse in here. Yeah, or, exactly. Or something like that. Um, it's just more open to... And it gets to be more spontaneous with... Like like you're saying, if you hear, hear like certain sounds or certain squeaks, as I think you... you yeah, exactly. Well, I, I use a lot of effects. So like uh-huh. that's yeah. like... You know, they can be vocal in themselves. Like you mm. know, So I, yeah, I'm more interested in like creating sounds like that, really. So And it does give you the freedom, I think, like you say, without yeah. the bird, like what can be a burden of having lyrics or yeah like taking back the instruments to make space for vocals and stuff I don't know Hmm. I'd probably think differently if I was a singer I could sing
like that idea because you know we do get a bit because I'm, I'm, I'm a songwriter myself so like you can get a bit too wrapped up in in, in the words basically and, and the melody and trying to make things sound catchy and and all that so it's yeah I really like that approach of just being like you know just whatever just let the let the music really yeah but that's the, I don't know if you like the guy I lived with before who's a songwriter but he, he was all about he he was all about melodies and lyrics and then mm-hmm. it would be like use the guitar to to fit what, what he's done mm-hmm. so I'm kind of from like the opposite angle where it's like yeah. it's all about the guitar but yeah I don't know if you find that like do you feel do you get lyrics like you must have like lyrics and stuff and then it's or do you write the music and then yeah, I fill mean, the gaps? It, it normally happens from because from, from, I'm, I'm like a guitar player first and foremost. You know, I sort of taught myself how to sing because I was sick of dealing with singers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we. I'm sure we know the feeling. <laughs> uh, um, uh, so it normally, it nearly always comes from, from from a guitar idea, and then everything will just sort of start fitting. Uh, fit fitting around it. Um, I like playing with power chords because I can kind of like sing like extensions of the chord over it okay because you know you just got your simple one five and then the and then the root again yeah uh, so you can sort of sing like major thirds or minor thirds over it sometimes like a ninth or something like that I'm, I'm, I'm writing one song where it starts off like a semitone above the root so it kind of makes it like the diminished uh, it's like a minor minor second chord or something like yeah. that which is really horrible <laughs> but it's quite fun to have that sort of freedom but Nah, for, yeah, it, it often starts with a guitar, and then I'll just try and mess around with, um, with like writing a melody, and then lyrics kind of start to fall on top of it, okay. you know, because you kind of sing like na 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 or whatever like that, and then just some, some words will just naturally fit on top of like a phrase, or sometimes you know, the amount of times I thought like I cooked like I've had some drinks or something, and I just thought I had like a really clever thing in my head grab my notepad write it down oh my god and then go to sleep <laughs> 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 you wake up and you're like oh I'll burn this <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've got I, I use like a notes app on my phone <laughs> and the amount of times I've written like loads of stuff and it's like it, at the time it felt like I was being really profound yeah. and clever and then you look at it and you go it's just rubbish yeah <laughs> I've been there so many times. Oh man, we're like, oh. dude, that, that, that was like the first ten years of me writing songs. <laughs> I always go to my friend. I'll shout out for Nick Vines, but he like we'd sit in his like in his bungalow and just write like stuff like mad stuff. And there was one night and we thought this is like it's so good. Like the stuff we've got here is like it was all pictures and symbols and it didn't make any sense. But, like it's so profound and it's so good. Like we can't like we can't let anyone see this. So we like we stashed it in one of his mum's books in her library. And we found it, like, it must have been, like, 10 or 12 years later. We went back and, like, oh, it's in there. We looked at it and it was just, like, we were just drawing, like, pictures of eggs with, like, faces on and stuff. And, like, all this... I was like, what were we thinking? Like, I remember it being, like, really epic. And it's just, like, all this just, like, weird... <laughs> and you were so secretive of it. You were, like, stashing it away, <laughs> like, the last arc or something. Like it was, that. like, in um, the Black Books when they write the kid story. And it's, yeah, like, yeah, 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 it yeah. like... But, yeah, so we just put it back in one of our books and left it there. So I don't know if she'll find it at some point, but... <laughs> Oh, she's gonna steal all your ideas. <laughs> <laughs> this time next year, she'll be getting the Mercury Prize for the egg song. The egg song. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah like um. Which I actually do feature on my track. I am the Walrus. If you've heard that, so. Of <laughs> <laughs> all the Beatles songs you can take credit for, I am the Walrus. Really? <laughs> it's got. It's got to be one of their best bass lines. Yeah, you're probably right. Which one was that one on? 
no Wars. idea. Uh, it's like Abbey Road. Might be. I wouldn't know. I the Al- uh, Beatles albums I've listened to at, at length have been Hard Day's Night. I loved that one with like just how efficient the songwriting is. Yeah. Uh, but also ridiculously good. Uh, Sergeant Pepper's. Yeah. And Revolver. Uh, I never got into the White Album. I tried. Because that's got Hell to Skate on it, which is I think is an awesome song. Yeah, I know it's been like this whole conspiracy about like it influencing Charles Manson. I think that's nonsense. Yeah, uh, it's a great song. Leave it at that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, well, it's got one much Michael Todd Jenny Weeps, um, Hell to Skelter, Blackbirds on there, but just some of the some of the tunes on there are just so weird. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's just it just doesn't work as an album for me. No, but but so I I think that's. But that's why I mean I'm not like a massive fan of the Beatles but when you do listen to it now and realise with the limited amount of equipment that they had mm. and what they did and especially when you know in the later years when they were experimenting you know whether you could get into it or not it, it, it's it was pushing the boundaries if you consider when it all came out mm. you know that, you know it pushed the envelope as far as it can go really which is you know amazing yeah it's difficult to think of those things out of context of the time because you always think like we've obviously heard a lot more than what they heard at that point mm. yeah. to come up yeah. with those ideas so it's like well, it doesn't like seem as though it's, it's more difficult to be original but you know sending it's, away Abbey Road engineers to go and make something to because they've got it in their heads on you know how uh, yeah. how they want it to sound you know it's amazing mm. or, or George Martin mm. yeah he was the they, they called him the fifth Beatle yeah. they? yeah yeah I mean from a production point of view, absolute legend. Uh, you know, because yeah, he's yeah, yeah. D- doing doing things that a studio at that time couldn't do. It was you know amazing, really. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like one of those things. What what's the sort of saying? Sort of like um, you know, when when you've got like the limitate. Uh, this isn't the saying, but it's sort of like when you've got like those limitations to work with. It kind of makes you more creative. creative. Yeah, d- it does. D- what what was uh, it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. What, there's a nice expression for it or something like that, like necessity being like the birth of innovation or something. Yeah, so something like that. I'm, I'm probably butchering it. Sorry, folks, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. But, yeah. but actually, and, and I think you know that that's why that's why I admire kind of the re- the recording processes of, of of you know way back when because you a you had to be a good instrumentalist and vocalist mm-hmm. to make the thing. Yeah. You know, we're spoiled now. Yeah. You know, I'm able to produce something that sounds pretty decent on, you know, a, a thousand and something amount of money, you know, on an audio interface and all the rest of it. Whereas back then, A, they were inventing it. They were still making it sound incredible. Yeah. Um, and there's just a, a level of authenticity, I think, Bit of a wanky sentence that that that, 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 um, that that you get from recordings back then because because in reality nowadays it is pretty easy to mm. bash out something that sounds halfway decent. Yeah, no, you, you you're right, and I guess it's it's just like a different challenge nowadays because anyone can put any sort of music out there. So if you want to do something that sounds really special, you have to really up your game. And actively choose the path of most resistance instead of least resistance. That's so just saying, oh, let's fix it in the mix. Yes, you can, but it won't sound as good as if you're well prepared and you get it right. Yeah. And then your mixing is going to be about giving it that extra twenty percent or what or whatever. I know yep. it's not it's an arbitrary thing. Yep. Uh, so it's weird to put a number to it, but you you know what I mean. Whereas if you like fluff up like a guitar solo or a vocal or a drum pattern or 
whatever and just go oh, okay yeah it's okay we can just put a sample there or whatever which you can do it and it will sound okay and chance people won't really notice even even trained listeners probably won't call you up on it but it, it'll lose that mojo there's a certain energy yeah, yeah. And, and, and you can still get that mojo you just have to yeah you just have to do it right yeah I, I mean I've, I, I no longer use um, VST synthesizers you know it, it, because because it was too easy to to quantify the MIDI mm. and get it bob on but when actually it's too stilted mm. uh, and it needs to be off a little bit and and all the rest of it I think that's where the, the life comes out of it yeah. And, yeah. and it feels real rather than just you got your mouse and you made a chord and then you transpose that up three notches and you know mm. it's you yeah. know and, and there's a place for doing that kind of stuff for sure um, for but, home demos it's great because uh, that, that's how I write my demos at home. I sequence the drums and bass, so I just got something to, to play to. Yeah. But live, it's just great. Just uh, having the guys just putting all their flair, and uh, I'll spend like the whole morning trying to do like a drum fill or something. But Harry will just do it off the cuff, and it would just sound a zillion times better. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, it's strengths and weaknesses. And. Uh, Sorry, Paul, I think I cut, cut you off slightly, slightly there. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've tailed off now. <laughs> <laughs> so what got, got you into, into producing, Paul? I, I've done, I've literally, I've done it for forever. Um, started when I was uh, 16 on two uh, tape cassette decks. So you'd, you take a drum machine and a keyboard bass line and put it into onto one cassette then play that into the other one and record the next layer on top and then keep bouncing to and fro. Um, and, and, and actually, production was always the thing that I've always been interested in. My, my first keyboard I ever bought actually only had medium-sized keys, but it came with a, an eight-track digital recorder, mm-hmm. and that's the reason I did it. Um, uh, and I just, I, I find it fascinating, the ability to capture sound I just think it's an amazing thing, um, and um, you know, if you if you do it for long enough, you'll make some things that are right, some things that are rubbish, um, and uh, you know, you'll yearn for lots of kit. Um, but I just I just find the whole process um, fascinating that that it, it can even happen, and I certainly find it amazing that in you know in the modern world, it's really accessible to get yourself a half decent home studio, and you can have a lot of fun making stuff and I just like the idea that you start with nothing and then over a period of time you'll end up with something and sometimes that can be in a few hours you're pretty much there or it could be you know some of the things I've been working on over 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 the summer along with with with, with Steve doing a, a, um, a some guitar on it it started as one thing and you kind of you know you know there's something there it's interesting enough but it's not yet right and you can keep chipping away and chipping away and then eventually it, it turns into something and it's just I, I don't know I just think it's very satisfying that you can create something that sounds not just like one person and a guitar or whatever and uh and it, uh, yeah I like I've got more to like when we were, we were recording for our band in a um, big like warehouse unit and just like the nat- the natural reverb in there was incredible, wasn't it? And like having a just a room mic in there and stuff. And it's we listen back. It's like all the variations, you know, just even like little placements of things. It's just like you can change the sound of everything so much. And 
from just going from like playing acoustic guitar in my bedroom it's like that's the sound and then like mm. yeah trying to record things myself and it yeah there's so like it's, it's all about the production I think that's what you know yeah I mean there's that and I'm not a very good instrumentalist <laughs> well so <laughs> I'm sure that's not the case well, it pretty much is you've not heard me playing keyboard that's what I'll say <laughs> I'm the worst keyboard player in England got a certificate <laughs> <laughs> So what got, got you interested in, in, in production? Um, was, was, was it like a particular record that you listened to and you, you sort of thought, oh, I wonder how that sounds, or was it was it something else? Yeah. Um, yeah, wow. Okay, well, this will reveal my age. Uh, so so um, probably, probably listening to some ELO, mostly Duran Duran, um, and... It, it just it, it was fascinating so I always liked synthesizers mm-hmm. but not on synthesizer music so so if I if I if I use Duran Duran um, as as the uh, as the example they've got an album Rio it's the biggest one they've done and you can listen to that now and it's still amazing mm. um, it's full of synthesizers but no and guitar and bass they're mm. all really good but there's no lead instrument it, it, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a sound it's not yeah uh, uh, virtuoso moments or anything like that move them on a couple of years and they uh, produce their um, uh, third album it's hugely dated because they were so influenced by the 80s at that point okay so so the whole production side of it at the time would have sounded cutting edge but now just sounds really dated um, mm. and so so so, so certainly that as a record was one that just blew my mind because there were so many textures and layers and you know how on earth do you do all of that mm. um, and you know the production changes the sound of something completely you know as Steve said with Mitty in his head it was one thing and certainly the recordings that he was coming through it, it was it was that but but I kind of I guess tamed it a little bit and and all of a sudden it, it changes but you could have given that to someone else and it would have been something else mm. um, so just the role of the the producer is it, it's you know it's a significant thing because it does it does shape it but yeah. it, it does yeah. require a certain amount of trust on behalf of who, whoever's written it you know yeah. for instance there's a there's a, a sample at the end of Mitty mm-hmm. um, which was me basically going quite like the idea of something there I'll try it out and see what he thinks yeah 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 <laughs> and I like yeah I would have never have thought to have done that but yeah, yeah that's really a sp- fit, speaking but... sample at the end where it's yeah. like get a plan and yeah and follow through and all sorts so, so yeah. along those yeah yeah that's, that's cool I, I really like really like that part I thought it was a nice way just to sort of contextualise and to round it off yeah 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 to, to round it off yeah you know and that was it was very fortuitous like, like I say the, tr- the track came together really easily I think Mm-hmm. Um, certainly from my point of view and and, and it, I just went onto a, a public domain website where they've got some videos um, searched on a on a subject and um, came up with this old 1950s film but they had they had the, the mp3 of the video too and um, so it was really easy scooted through it quickly found an interesting part and done nice yeah yeah, it's interesting how you mentioned trust in the in the in the process as well, and I think that that's a really good way to to put it because you do have to put your faith in someone else's his hands with like 
So, so, so if you were handing over over, over the song, Steve, you know, sort of like that's something that you've sort of created out of nothing, and then you're bringing bringing in other people to sort of like yeah um, contextualize that... it and change and, and and in this case, sort of change it yeah completely from what was originally in your head. I think because um, I knew like I've listened to Paul's mixes before, I knew that I like his like style the way he does it like the sort of, like the space that he creates like that's what like the like the atmospheric kind of thing I like. Like I know that he's gonna do that, so it's like it's fine. You can do it, but I guess like that's just finding the right producer, I guess. And it like mm-hmm. it depends what kind of music you make, I suppose. It's kind Some of com- compatib- compatibility as well. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like oftentimes, like personality as well. Like if you can sort of like get on with with each other, and then there's kind of like you kind of realize that you're on like the similar sort of wavelength and like things that like differences you might have, you might be able to like cover that, that might be able to like use to complement each other you can like yeah. cover up each other's strengths and weaknesses and I think so because I always <clears> lean towards <clears throat> just putting all of the guitars just make it all guitars I don't know like I feel like you're better at like thinking of the song and what the song needs which is kind of like I'm learning more to do that it's when you play guitar for 15 years on your own or whatever it's just like it's all about the guitar isn't it so yeah um, but then like listening actually listening to it as a whole like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah we don't need all that we don't need all that noodly stuff there. We don't like to get all that and stuff. Actually, yeah, it, makes it, it for a better like start to finish listen. So, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it works well. I think. Yeah, that that's the big part of being being a. Uh, yeah, if we talk guitar for a second, <laughs> sorry, Paul. Like that, like that, that is. Well, it's not just with guitar; it's anything technical or melodic. Uh, it, it, like that big part of your learning is to know when to let it out and when not to you yeah know, yeah you, you, you can so, so. you you can spend ages on getting like the most beautiful i say of air quotes um you know guitar part out but it might just not be right it just might it might just not work exactly and that's it so you, you gotta just like let it go it's like yeah sure you might work really hard on it whatever and you might think it sounds really cool and it might be like you're really pushing yourself but it, it, if it's like a three chord catchy song or something like that it's just like it might not work and just, yeah yeah that's a, <coughs> that's a big part of big part of growing up <laughs> well, yeah it is and, and you know so it's always tempting that more is more mm. uh, and, and, and quite often it's it really isn't and you know the gaps in between will be the bit that will let something else shine through um, and then that, that yeah. that's you know that's musicality that's yeah you know that that's that's making a song more more lyrical. Yeah, yeah. It, it's sort of like what what really makes you like a, a musician, as in like something that people want to play with, people that did uh, you want to write with, work with, spend time with. It's sort of being really good at at what you do, but knowing when to turn it on, when to turn it off. And every now and again, you'll find that you you probably find that you, there's there's times where you can really let that out, but yeah. it, it'll probably be for like. 10 seconds in a 60 minute show or something like that yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, again that goes back to like when I was saying about how because I was I got so I, I kind of like wasn't listening to what I was playing like when I was like back in the day it was more about what I'm doing so it was like yeah, I had to like no retrain fear. myself to actually what am I actually what's the sound that I'm making here and how does it fit in context all the other things so that's mm. just you don't I just wouldn't consider that on your own same with like timing and even timing was a big issue for me because it's just like I don't have to play in time because it's just me like yeah that's it's all but yeah that's been on my way to do, trying to do it properly I think <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, get, getting used to because uh, I, I, I was the same coming up I was a bedroom guitar player like just like learning things from tabs playing along to my favourite uh, favourite albums um, 
making a horrible noise and then when you have to like the first time I tried to play to a click track was in the studio right, and I yeah. just couldn't get it together it was so embarrassing I mean I was 16 at the time which was probably still too old to be screwing up that bad but you know well, there's also, it was a learning curve well, <laughs> I think everybody gets the red light fever yeah you know the minute records hit and oh yeah yeah well it always it always works best when you're not thinking about it that's the thing isn't it it's just muscle memory and then the moment you see the blinking red light and you're there in the window with the headphones like staring it's like oh right I need to think actually I don't need to think about what I'm doing because I know I can do it and if I think about it I'll cook it up so well and also when we've been so there's in the pipelines is, is some stuff for the band and um, so we, we, we had this unit um, in Bristol but but whenever we went it was freezing cold yeah and you know so it, it, that that doesn't help uh, great space mm. um but uh, and it, it was like, yeah, you know, we've, we've got two hours before we get hypothermia. Let's see how much we can record. That's and that's it. never going to be useful when you've got to use your hands to play guitar, isn't it? No. Yeah. The hot water bottle came in really helpful. Oh, that's <laughs> not bad Five minutes just... Uh, <laughs> Thaw out. That was, that, was, that was cold, actually, wasn't it? Was, uh, <laughs> I met a guitar player once when I was working at Yellow Arch. He was saying that he kept, like, a, he carried a mini hand dryer to gigs with him. Just for his hands. A mini hand dryer. Uh, sorry, beg your pardon. Hair dryer. Right. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but he's using yeah. he was using it as a hand warmer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was it's fancy, but I sort of think it's actually not a bad. Well, that idea. makes sense. I've not done, I've not done that myself, but it saves on the warm up routine, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But, but then working on your scales again, you know, just, <laughs> just get out the hair dryer. Timer is running. Okay, cool. Let's do a hand clap so I can actually like fight in. And well, yeah, pick, pick what, what we're talking about when Steve went to the toilet, whatever. Whatever that was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. All right, now I find it really. Uh... <laughs> I do I need clap as well? Clap? No, 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 no. <laughs> It's okay. This part will actually get cut. Don't sweat it. Excellent. <laughs> Anyway, I feel 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 Yeah. For you folks who are very confused at home, I'm doing a I'm recording on like different interfaces here, so I need to do a hand clap so I can pull it in time and yeah, a uh, bit of a peek behind the curtain for you, just to <laughs> just to let you know. So you know, it's really really interesting chatting to you guys about about your about your process of like pinging things across. Um, you know, like say so, like if you're working on your guitar part, Steve, then. 
ping it across to Paul to then do his do his thing on it. So it's not not the most it's not the most usual uh, usual way of doing music, but I think it's becoming a lot more common. Yeah, uh, mainly out of uh, the current situation. Yeah, it makes sense. I, it makes sense to me. I don't. I. It feels like the right way to do it. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. And and also the nice thing with with Mitty was the fact that it it was the length it was. So rather than me trying to, because one of the things Steve said was you know edit it to make it into whatever feels like it should be, but I just left it as it was, and then just fitted in around it, which is something I've kind of tried to do a bit more with things because you do as Steve said earlier you, you do get locked into intro verse chorus pre-chorus verse bridge um, mm. although I've just put a pre-chorus after a chorus and before a verse uh, renegade <laughs> mix, mix, mixing it up but, but but I think it works for us because we're both pretty easy going about it and therefore handing those things over is, is, a, is an easy thing to do mm. um, and, and you know we can say well how about and or what about and 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 that's that's fine because because neither of us are really precious about it i don't think no no not at all that's the thing that's why like it can just it will end up being what it is um and it's it's almost in a way less about i don't know i just enjoy the process of it like i mm. like you say like having nothing and then having something and just whatever it is whatever it ends up being is, is just how it is um but I think it's like born out of personal circumstance as well. I don't have the time to go and like spend four or five hours like jamming out in a room or something and try to get ideas. Like I might get an hour or forty five minutes here or there. So it's like plug everything in, do something, send it across, and just the, that back and forth really works. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think you get as you listen to it as it progresses and stuff. You hear new ideas or it just takes the pressure off. It, it like yeah. There's no, yeah. there's no end goal sort of thing. Like it will, yeah. it will just be what it is. And left to my own devices, all of my tracks end up being like 15 minutes long anyway. So it's nice to have a bit of um, bit of refinement. Like <laughs> just, just stop it there. That's <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the tracks I sent you, um, uh, Slippy Guppy, is the instrumental <laughs> one. That's like it's that I wrote when I first moved to Bristol about nine years ago, and it was just that initial riff, and then four or five years later it was like something like 15 minutes long and there's all these sections to it and I would just won't stop like you know when I wrote a chord that with Paul it was like we had to make a structure didn't we for the lyrics and stuff and that was the end point but it was like it was kind of gut wrenching to me at the time it was like it's only three minutes there's like another nine minutes to this like, where's all that going to go like, probably don't need it but save it for the encores but then that's the thing like ultimately it's for me so I don't I don't care like about or someone else doesn't want to listen to 12 minutes I don't I've not I've not written it for them so I, don't <laughs> I want to listen to it for 12 minutes or 25 minutes how long am I going to go for so um, yeah what's the, what's, what's, <laughs> so, what's, the, what's, the, what's the longest song you've ever written it is that one because it's just you know when you're like I just mess around with them like there's just so many just new bits come into it and I like but I don't want to get rid of the old why replace anything like just keep adding all these things to it but that's going to be one of the next things I do it's um it's going to be an EP it's it's going to be called the multiverse it's basically that track but like it'll be the same track so i think i'll probably do it five or six times mm-hmm. so it will start off the same but it will just go like all the variations i've done around it will just happen okay basically it's a play on the multi like, multiverse they're being like every yeah. every action played out or every different so it's, it's that basically but that's cool so yeah so the first probably 20 or 30 seconds will 
be mostly the same, and then it will just branch off in yeah all the different directions. Wow, that's really that's really something. So would that be done with a band or no? It will just be live or just it will just be acoustic. It'll be a mix of acoustic and electric guitar. Yeah, and I probably won't have any drums or bass. Um, there'll be a lot of reverb. It'll be very spacey. Um, yeah, I yeah, I just like the idea of doing that because I, I was trying to think how can I because I don't really want it to be a twelve or fifteen minute piece of music because it will it will get boring. I think splitting it up like that, <clears throat> I I will still get what I want out of it. Yeah, because I will hear, <laughs> but actually it'll be split across six tracks. So <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I thought it was an interesting concept. That is an interesting concept. And the the plan is that all the um the different kind of melodies throughout will all tie in at the end. Yeah. And there'll be lots of like interweaving melodies for the very last section of it. I don't know if I can actually do that, so it'll be interesting to find out. But let's find out. That's yeah. the plan. Yeah, so. yeah, I'll be interested, <laughs> interested to hear what comes of that. And it's the only time really I've actually had like a plan for something. Yeah. So it'll be nice to see if I can do it how I imagine it would be. Mm. That's some. We'll that's that's actually very craft work. Ah. So you know they 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 typically do passages of music. Um, uh, with um, uh, musical motifs okay. that, that we'll pick up throughout so you know if, if you want to if you, if you don't know craft work have a go on um, autobahn okay. because it's, uh, you know, it's 20 minutes I think or something yeah it's crazy long um, the, the, the flip side is, is a bit like field recordings um, but it, it's, it's, it's taking a journey on a motorway Mm. Um, and it's you know it's a it's a stunning and iconic piece of music. <clears throat> Check that out. Mm. Yeah. No, how about that? Yeah. <laughs> Said the old man. Craftwork <laughs> <laughs> get brought up quite a lot on this podcast. Do they? Yeah, you'll be oh, well, surprised. That's good. Yeah, that's good. I mean, they were you know again talking about pioneers and people doing things when others weren't. They're exactly that. You know, mm. no one else was doing that, and. Um, you know, they, they, I think they started out in the 60s also. Really? That, yeah. that early? Yeah, yeah. Christ. Because they're, they're very much, yeah. in my head anyway, so as a dumb rock guy, it's very, in my head, they're like an 80s thing. No, not at all. Yeah. Yeah, not at all. So they, they were born out of, oh, I can't remember what the name of the scene was, but in Germany, um, and, you know, very avant-garde, um, and over time they, they kind of, you know, kind of, refined it and brought it down and you know everyone knows the model which is why you'd think oh, that's probably late 70s I guess like yeah yeah um, but that that's what everybody knows them for um, uh, and obviously they were sampled quite a lot in the hip hop scene at the, at the beginning of Electro so um, so that that's why you probably think of them as being that but you know they were such early pioneers of something that was being made up as they went along you know Amazing, really. So kind of like in the same sort of way we're talking about the Beatles with George Martin in the yeah. studio and their engineers yeah. at Abbey Road. And, and and I think that's that's a shame for that, that's for that's a real shame for us in this day and age. Is it's really difficult to do something new mm. because you know back then just putting electric through a guitar <laughs> brought yeah. a whole new yeah. set of circumstance yeah. and sound and possibilities, whereas now. What can you do other than, you know, try and do something with something that already existed? Yeah, variation on a theme. Yeah, 
Yeah, Jesus, that's a bit depressing. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my whole career has been a variation on a theme, you know, I'm trying to like recreate the 1970s or maybe right. 1990s yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I love it though. But uh, you know, I never say never though. What, there was some like really like big philosopher or something like the 19th century saying that you know we don't need to invent anything, anything else, or you know, there's no more scientific discoveries. Yes. To make. So, you know, never say never. So, so what we're saying is we might get a, a new musical direction when the laws of physics change. Yeah, that that's what we need. We, 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 yeah, we, we, yeah. Need, we need the physicists to <laughs> come well, the on the grass, Tyson, pull your yeah. finger out. <laughs> the next thing will surely be like quantum music, where it's just... Quantum music. Quantum music. Uh-oh. It's all it's all the music until someone listens to it, and then it's Bjork. <laughs> <laughs> Anything's possible. Anything's possible in this crazy world. Oh man! I don't know. Like, it'd be interesting to see what innovations come come next. You know, I mean, like, like I've been hearing in the last few years something about MIDI two. Is that something you guys have come across? No, I stay far away from MIDI. Yeah, so do I. But I I know it's supposed to be this really brand new, exciting. What does it do? Well, you know, like, it's basically just like how, you know, we've had MIDI for the last 30, yeah, yeah. I don't know how long MIDI's been around for, you'll, you'll know more about this than I would. A, a while. A while. Uh, but yeah, this is MIDI 2. So this is like everything that's, there's a new version of everything that's, yeah, yeah, f- f- please, please Google this. Uh, MIDI 2? Yeah. Um, I, I can't even really think of why you'd want MIDI 2. I, I, I have a hard time with MIDI 1 at times. <laughs> Maybe all it means is you can plug the cable in both ways around. Like, it's just, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I don't know. No. There are like, intro, like, with guitar, I mean, like guitar pedals, for instance, there's, um, uh, if you know, is it Game Changer Audio? Have you heard of them? I have not. No. They're doing a new, it's like a new take on distortion where it's, um, they're passing uh, like electricity through a vacuum tube, I think. So that's like that's the okay. process that clips the signal as opposed to like a diode or something or, or okay. a transistor or whatever. So it's like it is a brand new way of doing it. Uh-huh. Um, so stuff like that's quite innovative and quite interesting. So I don't know, like I guess technology will create new sounds. Like it feels like because yeah. there's, that you can get any sound you want. It's like I don't know, but there must there will be mm. there will be something obviously. There, yeah, there's, there's always something. People are always fiddling around with things. Uh, yeah, we'll see. It's kind of interesting because it just makes you realise how uninnovative I am as a musician. I mean, like um, my two electric guitars, like, are both modelled on designs from the nineteen fifties. Yep. <laughs> uh, so that that's a two thousand four Strat, which is built on a nineteen fifty four, and that is a Mexican Baja Tele, which is built something. I think like the specs are kind of close, to, like a nineteen fifty two. Yeah, yeah. Telecaster. I've got a position, uh, percussion bass as well, uh, precision bass even. Uh, which again, I think that's like a fifties kind of design. I mean, the, these all would have been built this century. I'm not, I'm not like a vintage guy, but like no, it would be um, the the plate over the bridge and stuff. Though that's all that that is kind of fifties vibes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, this is lovely. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that that's my number one guitar. That Strat. That's what I use in all for, for my original stuff. I keep it down in a down in E flat now. Did you have it from you or? Yeah, it... no, no. It, it was new when. Uh, yeah. Um, my folks dipped into some like inheritance money for me to get that when I was when it's quite clear that I just wanted to do music for a career and I wasn't gonna. So they're like, well, at least not playing the PlayStation all day. Can't, <laughs> can't encourage this. <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, I was only 14 at the time, so I was, I'd had my mind made up that early, that early on that I just didn't want to do anything else. So that's what my folks, uh, uh, yeah, dipped into dipped into some music, uh, dipped into some money that was only supposed to be like let out to me like when I was older, but dipped into it for that because I did they to see how keen I was. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I like to think I've lived up to it. <laughs> So, uh, any luck with uh, MIDI 2? Uh, uh, it just looks like a more complicated version of uh, MIDI 1, which came out in 1983. Ah. So, I mean, that sort of ties in with how music changed at that particular point in time. Because, yeah. uh, you know, before then you'd have had to have synced up to a click track, which would have been a voltage-based thing. Um, so, uh, so, so yeah, it just it, there was a diagram on MIDI 2, and it was a bit overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll put the phone down. Okay, cool. Exciting. Well, so innovation is still happening. So I guess we'll yeah. Guess we'll see. Maybe we're on the brink of something. And people are gonna like pull up this podcast in like a hundred years time and be like, oh, those guys don't know, didn't yeah. know what they were talking yeah. about. <laughs> now we just do music telepathically. I mean, I mean, if you look at the evolution of the guitar, yeah, from medieval times, mm. it's not really changed a lot. No, not at all. Because it works. It does it, and it allows people to be musical yeah, yeah. Um, and so therefore and look really cool whilst you're doing it yeah it does um, Steve knows <laughs> why does it need to change yeah exactly if it, if it ain't like you know if it ain't broke don't fix it I mean, yeah. like, how long have we had the wheel yeah a while also I think like <laughs> yeah. I don't know about other instruments but like guitar like guitar people are definitely um Less like embracing of change and innovation, I think, compared to mm. other sectors. Everyone maybe like, it depends who you talk to. Yeah, to but me, you get. I'm, I'm quite simple. I'm quite bored. But the biggest, all the biggest selling things are Fender Strats yeah. modeled on the '50s and '60s Strat, like yeah, iconic guitar, like you yeah, know, from there. Like you get things like the Line Six Variax, like the mini guitars and stuff, where you can like it, it's just putting loads of tech into it, but yeah. I don't know. Those things always seem a bit like fatty or something. No, like people yeah. always just everyone just wants a Strat or yeah. Or it just, or... Um, I don't know. It just feels like Leo Fender and the, and the Les Paul just kind of got it right. Yeah. And it's just like yeah, okay. Like POS guitars look pre- are, are pretty pretty cool. I guess it's just just I, you know they serve the purpose and you get like you know your shreddy Ibanezes and and stuff like that. Um, that's not actually. That Ibanez uh, that you see looking at, um, that's I didn't actually buy that. I found that in a bin. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so folks listening, uh, I know this is a this is an audio medium, so I'm po- we're pointing to things in, in in the studio right now. But I've got a whole wall of guitar, get a whole wall of my guitars. So we're just looking at those right now. And and that so that's not the only thing you found in a bin though. The Ibanez. Yeah, so you've also found that exercise bike in your bin. <laughs> yeah, well, so that exercise bike's actually getting thrown away. Uh, so, someone just threw that into the communal wheelie bin so we couldn't yeah. close the lid, and this was like at the height of summer, so having an open wheelie bin's not ideal. But, but you so are the to... magic bin man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should probably look every day. There's a, there's a treat inside. Who thought trying to fit that exercise bike into a wheelie bin was a good idea? Like, I don't know. My neighbours are morons. <laughs> it seems like a lot of effort, doesn't it? Because yeah. I assume they couldn't get the lid closed. No, they couldn't. That, that, that's why I had to fish it out. Yeah. Not out of not out of like some sort of weird salvaging hoarding thing. No, don't look like that. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> it's getting picked up by uh, some, some removal people at some point in the future, so that's why. Of course it So is. just to fill you in, folks, for this weird conversation, um, <laughs> there's a wheelie bin out... Uh, not, not, there, yeah, there's a wheelie bin outside my flat, uh, which is communal, and someone dumped an exercise bike in there. This is around about July or something during the heat wave, and not being able to close your wheelie bin then is a problem, so I had to fish it out, and it's just a... Just out by my flat now, which looks really mental. I realised because I saw I, I I just sort of thought it was like one of those things that's necessary to do, and then I saw you two looking at it on your way in, and you both looked at me like I was mental, and I just sort of realised, yeah, that does look a little bit mental actually. Literally, just thought it was a low-grade outdoor gym. Yeah, I'm just you were, you were going to go. Oh yeah, we got gym facilities here. <laughs> You've not even seen the, the jacuzzi yet. <laughs> Just dug a hole in the garden and filled it with water. Like, what? Chuck a couple of alka seltzer in before you get in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's mental. No, it's it's all completely normal, I I, I swear. So um, so it's a weird question to ask with, with lockdown, but it sounds like you guys have got a lot of stuff on the go and could see like you know, chatting to you guys, like you seem to have like a really good dynamic of working with you like you were both saying earlier how you both really kind of chilled out and trusted of each other so what's what's next more of the same I think really um, yeah I've got a solo of one of Paul's tracks a solo that has taken me ages so I've been trying to like do that before I do anything else basically there's two the, yeah <laughs> well, yeah there's two isn't it yeah there's two the second one is I know what I know. I'm doing it, so it's fine. Um, and then, yeah, I've just got. I mean, I've got demos going back sort of 12, 12 13 years, basically. Like, um, so I'm just sort of picking and choosing ones that I want to turn into something, basically. Um, and then just following that process, really. I try and like make give myself an hour, sort of every couple of evenings, just to do something. Because mm-hmm. um, it's nice when you when you so stagnant for such a long time. It's nice to like be doing stuff and make progress and I think I was a bit precious about some of the songs like it has to be this way or whatever and I kind of let that go and um, discovering the joy of actually just like finishing something and being done with it yeah because that track I was saying about with the like 12 minute one it's like that's been going on for years you know what I mean it's like it's nice with the with mm. the bitty it was nice like it was actually really refreshing it's like that's finished I could like forget about that time for something new yeah. rather than having all these ideas keep you're just playing the same stuff whatever so something go yeah and whether it turns out awesome or not or it's just it's it's just done yeah 
I'm quite bad with like knowing when stuff's finished as well. Like I, mm. I get quite bad sort of option paralysis as well with yeah a lot of the tech and stuff. Like I can easily just waste an hour or two like trying to get the tone. Yeah, not actually yeah. play or, or do anything. So it's kind of like trying to let but, go. I mean, like, getting the sound right at source is so important. Though. Yeah, but when you've got limitless options, this mm. sounds really good, but could it sound better? Yeah, I, I've uh, got. I can twiddle these other. Like, how do I know that this is the best it can be? I got Ooh, it. From, yeah. I got it from sounding crap to really good, but then can I? Yeah. Can I go? More? Maybe you get like, like a little bit greedy. So you know, uh, you you don't know when to quit when you're ahead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, no, yeah. Like, that, that, that can happen. That can happen. You it's starting happening to be really bad. Like, it's hard to know when you when you're at that sweet spot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're all just going on like, I don't know, finding a good tone. A good tone is a good tone. I think like yeah, and, and, yeah. I spent more time on like standout parts, I guess, but for the for the yeah, there's so many layers in the songs. I just think. It, yeah. it doesn't matter as much as I was making out it does if you know what I mean and I guess because uh, you, you're talking about how like freeing it is to like, not worry about lyrics or anything like that but again that can sort of like lead to the option paralysis as well because you, you don't have to sort of like free after three chords for most songs it's kind of like okay cool that, that'll yeah that'll yeah. do but when, it, when it's completely open form and spacious and soundscapey it can be a bit tricky to think like when's this well I suppose that's the difference with MIDI is that you expressed that you were only going to use three chords and that's what you were going to do yeah yeah like we talked about earlier like the limitation thing it's actually quite liberating and in a way it's more creative because you make the best out of what you've got yeah like yeah, yeah. having everything yeah what do you do with it yeah that, that's like the whole like white stripes ethic as well, well yeah a hundred percent it's you know no, no cool were they yeah <laughs> what well, amazing really because they'll just rock up and spend a few days recording something and then it's recorded yeah and it's the warts and all and you know obviously amazing player yeah um, and you know both of them yeah. uh, like um, I think Meg, Meg White deserves a lot more love yeah. than, than she well, gets it, oh, yeah. it, it was the sum of the parts yeah you know with, with, with one you don't get the other and you can see that in, in, in the Jack White solo stuff of which I am a big fan of mm. but, but you know th- there was a certain there was a dynamic and it was it was it was some of the parts it was you know yeah. but but it, it was about get get it get it done and move on from it yeah you know look next rather than you know to the nth degree and tweaking forever and i try i try from a production point of view to to do that because you know in a computer you've got all of the options so i've got a few tried and trusted items that i'll use in software but then for anything else, I'll try and not. And it, you know, it, it, it kind of is what it is. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the sound, and that's where you'll build from. Otherwise, you'll never settle on the foundations, and you'll never get anything done. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing. And I found, like, like, I am happy with these tones. Like, I don't need to go searching for something that might be better. Like, I actually am, I am happy, so I can stop there and just, yeah. just record that and do, then do something else. Um, yeah. Which has been a real one of the best things I've learned yeah. about music in the last few years I think like, well, it's just <laughs> it's just focus isn't it because you do get that 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 it's a nice feeling when you finish something and you know it's finished mm. um, yeah yeah you know I've, I've been recording my own stuff um, and because drums is always a difficult one when you're a home recordist yeah that's something I really wanted to ask how, do, how did that work with Mitty uh, so they're done in software um, really? Yeah. This, what the samples? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. That, 
Man, nice, nicely done. I, I, I've. Yeah. As, as you can tell, I thought I thought they were yeah. they they were played live. So Sweet. nice, per- that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could have you could have just lied, and I I would have been none the wiser. Okay, <laughs> cut that, but yeah, I play all the drums in the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we've got a, we've got a mate. His name's Ringo. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, and um and uh, yeah. So 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 the trick is with the drums. So the biggest production mistakes I've made up until very recently was having the drums too loud and if you listen to proper professional tracks they're not mm. um, and uh, and also EQing the software so uh, the, the, the software it's, it's called Easy Drummer EZ Drummer um, and it's, it's excellent it's not expensive um, and uh, you know you can buy some libraries and all the rest of it and you know again you know, with Mitty it was it was had a Steve had already done a drum track, so I knew the vibe he wanted, so I just expanded on what that was. But, but the trick is to, when, when you use the software, it will come out as 100% wide. And that's no good, because where's your mix gonna sit with everything? So I always condense the drums down to being 30%. Okay. Um, because it gives room either side um, for everything else to come in. It'll be enough, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, there's. Toms usually give away that something is software because they'll be perfect and they're all the way over to the left. Now, the, 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 this piece of software has, has been developed and if they want to, if they hear this and fancy giving me the upgrade for free, I'll take that. Um, but but it's it, it, someone human has recorded in the drum beats um, and then you choose your, your sample to sit on top of it. Um, uh, so therefore, it, it's not as rigid as if it had been a MIDI in. Um, okay. So so that gives it a little bit more feel, but then, you know, EQ that, bring it in together, um, and by EQing, typically I'll take a lot of the kick out, the lower end of the kick, because the you know it's it's easier for the bass to sit there and then they won't conflict with each other. Yeah. And also, if you're recording at home, you'll never get a big fat sounding kick, so that's always gonna <laughs> yeah. make it seem obvious that it's come from somewhere else. Yeah. Ah. Um, but but for my own stuff, the limitation I've used is uh, uh, a Roland um, TR8 drum machine, um, and I've decided that the drums are that, and for for all of the tracks they are that, and it is what it is, and that's the sound. Be- yeah. Be- because there's so many, you know, music throughout time, the sound is the sound because that's all they had available. Yeah. Um, and you know, stick with that limitation. Otherwise, you can get lost in samples and loops and. Yeah, I used to be a big fan of of finding um, uh, a drum break and and using that either in uh, either it's in in its entirety or by chopping out the kick, snare, hi hats, and then triggering those independently. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, because you know, it's very difficult to. I, I think if you get a drum machine that's I- imitating live drums, it it it, it invariably sounds. That, like that's exactly what it is mm-hmm. yeah. um, which was something I think was used quite a lot in the 80s yeah so it's, yeah. it's got that vibe to it mm. um, but maybe uh, it's sort of like you're kind of better off just, just making it like just embracing the fact that it's yes. samples and just kind of making that part of the sonic signature yes, exactly that. rather than but I am very chuffed you assumed that the drums were the drums Nice, <laughs> and, and, and my ears are pretty in tune at the minute because uh, I'm doing revisions for the first part of my band's album as well. Okay. So I've been listening to mixes in quite a lot of detail. So yeah, well, yeah, 
Nice one. Well played. <laughs> well played. <laughs> <laughs> you fooled me. Yeah. Oh, I, I think also with with modern tastes, it's very normal um, on a on a drum track that anyone produces that they overlay. Um, kick and snare samples on what's been recorded that's true so sampler placement and uh, yeah or, or like sort of like blending in like a, a sample yeah. with, with an actual yeah because it gives it just a certain amount some of my favorite records do that i'm pretty uh, sure they do that on nevermind which is one of my favorite records by uh, uh nirvana yeah i'm pretty sure they, they, they might well, do that there so um was it uh, another another uh recording um tale I think it was either um, Polly or something, something in the way. And um, so um, uh, Kurt Cobain couldn't get it right, so they recorded him in the control room. He just had a guitar on his stomach lying on his back, and he played the song, and they captured it. But then everyone had to play around that. Okay. And the timings were all off. Of course. So yeah. there was a lot of punching in and punching out of the drums to go in time with the with the um with the with the guitar. Yeah. yeah. Which which only goes to serve that there's no right and no wrong way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, just you know, do what you like because you like it and Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that is honestly the way, isn't it? It's on I yeah. I have nothing more to add to that. That that was that was perfect. <laughs> what was the you were telling me about uh, in the church? Who was it that recorded that? Oh, the cowboy junkies. Yeah, that sounded really interesting. Yeah, right? so so they did. You want to give me a guess, slot? Paul's <laughs> history lesson. Um, they uh, they've done a, a very famous single mic recording album called the, the Trinity Sessions, and. Um, and that was that was uh, recorded in a church, and and, and what they did um, is they set up the, the band kind of acoustically around the mic. Um, they spent a day um, setting up, and then two days recording, and um, and uh, what you hear on record is what they played, and it's just a wonderful capture of analog sound. And so the singer she sang into a microphone. Um, away from the band, but they put a speaker front and centre on the on on the on the. It was a stereo mic uh-huh. um, at, at the front. She sang. It, it came out of that, and and that's that's what the what the producer captured, um, and his name escapes me. Um, but I've got the audio file vinyl in anti-static uh, sleeves and all the rest of it. But but when you when you hear it, it it's what they played. Wow! And it's beautiful. My word, that's that's a bold way to go about recording yeah. isn't it it's just one microphone for one band yeah. I'll be a bit of stereo mic but still one mic yeah well so and also if you that makes you nervous just hearing about that well, <laughs> because because you know if you get it wrong you've got to do it all again but that's how they recorded in the 50s yeah yeah I was, I was going to say like you see like, those old bluegrass yeah. sort of things as they were just crowded one round one I think a lot of the early Motown was, was very similar to that a big mic in the centre and just Play and go and mm. it, 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 like I think by Motown I think they, they were using a few more mics might not have been one mic but yeah it's the same sort of principle band band yeah. band a good band play band yeah. Yeah. recorded yeah it's a few mics and you know and, and everyone because the other guys would have played live so much more that would have been like their bread and butter so they know how to level with each other 
so you don't need to worry about how you how you and and they know how to they they would have known how to like EQ and set their tone yeah. so they're not like in each they're not stepping on anyone else's toes and they're not to be too loud no not to yeah, so for example, like guitar player knows not have his bass up to uh, on his EQ too loud because that's where the bass player is going to sit and the low end of the organ. And, so, yeah. so, so again, it's about that compromise, and no one's trying to compete to be the thing. Yeah, and and from that you have a sound. It's um, fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it, it's endless. It's endless. Uh, understanding. I don't know how Motown recorded. So, I, so you might. You might be right about the one mic thing. I don't know for sure. Um, yeah, there's just no way to know everything, and it's 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 limitless. You can never really get bored of it, can you? No, never. Um, and I I'm bored of the guys in the band quite often with my tales of this is how they recorded this. It is interesting because you wouldn't necessarily know just from listening. Like you get the vibe of it, but then it is. I love hearing like I can't remember what the name. There's a female producer, Sylvia something, and she did like um. Recording drums within a cooling tower of a like nuclear bunker, you know, the massive concrete towers like a Didcot. Yeah, so they set a drum cut up in the middle of that and then had mics. I think they put them like high up in the tower, but like the reverb and stuff in there was just absolutely amazing. The drum sounded huge. Wow, it's like you never probably know that they've done that just listening. Like, mm. it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, well, that comes back to your comment earlier about you can go to the nth degree to do all these things, but casual listeners, yeah, they honestly don't care. But you know, <laughs> God damn it! Stop depressing me, Paul. <laughs> but, but but if you if you do it for yourself, then that's why. Because I'm a nerd. It's, uh, it's I'm more. I will like. I'm more inclined to listen to the thing where someone's gone to a nuclear bunker to record the drums in a tower than yeah, like just like, that, like that, in a studio. Like, curiosity. Instantly, you know? I'm going to listen to that over it. So yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> plus, you know, like, at the end of the day, music production. That's for for your average listener. That's just stuff that's going to like go into their subconscious. You know, rather, and and yeah. be just such when they they won't even actually think that sounds good. They'll just they just sound better consume to them. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just consume it because that's the point, really. Yeah, that's the point. It's kind of like with film, like when you get like these people, they're like expert on lighting and and you know how to do these shots and you know makeup, costume, etc., etc. Like you never watch a film and think, oh, the makeup looks amazing. No. But if, if if the makeup artist was shit, no. You'd know because yeah, it, yeah, it would get in the way and take you out. Like a, if the music production shit, yeah. you know, and it would take you out. If you heard like a mic clipping or something going out of phase or yeah. something too quiet, like if the vocals like too quiet or something like that, you know, it will take you out of the song. Oh, and so, so yeah. same with live as well. If the sound's not great, it's going to take you out of the, the experience. So yeah, it's uh, it's worthwhile. I'm staying positive. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fellas, we've done like an hour twenty. Really? Wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, time flies. <laughs> Hopefully, people stay to the end. <laughs> I haven't sworn once. Fuck. I, I, I have a little bit. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, bad language. Bad language is actually encouraged on the Simon Campbell incident. It's all good. Yeah, I only managed a grade two one. <laughs> all right. So, uh, where can uh, where can uh, people find you guys? Uh, well, all the streaming things. Yeah, all the streaming so, sites. Um, um, if they want to sign up to get notifications when new things come out, my record label is uh, 8 Meg Stick Records. Mm-hmm. So just go to 8megstickrecords.co.uk. Sweet. And uh, the Pengamax stuff is just a Facebook page at this point, so at Pengamax Music. Um, yeah. yeah, keep it low key, keep it mysterious. Yeah. Too much <laughs> 
to give the podcast these any information before you come. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I had no <laughs> idea what you guys even looked like before I met you because your your artwork's just pictures of, of a cat. It's just cats in bag, like cats in paper bags, cats in all kinds of situations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's not a running theme. I know it looks very much like it's a cat based thing at the moment. Like, it feels that way. Other animals will be featured at some point. So, um, I like yeah, the mystique. It's, it feels like I'm meeting Daft Punk or something like that. You know, no one knows what you look like. Yeah, I think I'm, yeah, a cat. I'll be like Dead Mouse. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think it's because I consider myself a face for a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not interested in being a face, so... No. But the thing, because it was Mitty, like, my basically, that was, that was born out. My son calls our cat Mitty. He says, he calls him our sweet little darling Mitty. So I was like, yeah. I want to remember that, so I'm going to call the track Mitty, so I remember. But then I was like, Mitty should be in it, right? Like, yeah. it's his track, so... Did an arty photo of him, black and white. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go, a bit of story behind the song. <laughs> That's something else that would freak me out about the instrumentals. Like, what to call the tracks? Oh, I've got a lot of... I've got a lot of weird, like a lot of words. It's fine. Oh, that's very <laughs> so, cool. So, so, so look, we should sign off on on, on uh, all of all of Steve's snippets that have come across ever before, certainly for the band, um, are fish based. They have been, yeah, we're fish based. So, we, so, so we've had Slippy Guppy, and and uh, and uh, so Mike, uh, the the singer in the, in 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 the band, he uh, he he put that into the lyrics amazingly but there was pike fight carp salad was the was one of the most recent ones that i went on a purpose to do fish female there i generally i'd name them like whatever like whatever's going on at the time that that happens or like that the the, the initial riff or the initial idea was based off like yeah whatever stupid word like me and my wife are banding around at that point because we'll say a lot of weird stuff to each other so it'll just be like i'll take take one of those words and that'll be it because then it reminds me that's that's when that happened, right? Uh, right. So you kind of like a, uh, like a, a, a the association. Yeah, because I feel like there's no there's no like set meaning to. I'm not like trying to like I'm not trying to say anything or it's not I'm not writing the music in any response to anything. It's more like I don't know. I guess it's just that's happened based on what's happening to you at the time. Mm, so yeah. it's a way of like capturing that, I guess. Yeah. There's no like specific meaning to it. I'm not like yeah. No, there doesn't need to be. No, no. no. Or maybe like some some of the things I've written, like, like I don't know, certain words just fit with like the mood or the scent, like the vibe yeah, I know what you mean. Like, um, but yeah, it's all fairly just random. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm not really interested in any like I just it's the sound, isn't it? It's the sound yeah, I'm well, in, so. I, I find that really appealing. Like, uh, and I, I, I yeah, I do quite like. Um, do you know Ratatat? Can't say I do. They they just named their um their album tracks were just one to eleven. Nice. That's great album. Really good album. Like, like if it sounds good, you'll you'll associate those numbers with like a great sounding tune. So they don't do that for every album. No. Because that would make a set list live really, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Number seven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait. 7.2 yeah. <laughs> 7A yeah they're, they're actually they're quite a big influence because they do a lot of um, really weird guitar like a lot of it's guitar but it sounds like synths but they'll do a lot of like they'll they'll play something and then like reverse it and then whack like a flange on it or something so like it mm. but it's it, a lot of post-production on their stuff but it's like really good they make 
I think it is like 90% guitar, but yeah. you, you would think like there's no guitar in some of it. It's really, really good. Check it out. Nice, man. Well, but before people do that, check out Penga Max. Single Mitty yeah. <laughs> is out for your listening pleasure. And uh, there's, there's uh, more stuff in the, in the pipeline. Do we have a, a, any, can you hint at a release date for your next uh, next single? End of October, hopefully. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. end of October. Sweet. Yeah. So, yeah, you guys are on Facebook and all that, all that jazz. So, uh, thanks very much. Yeah. Steve Cheers, Paul, Simon. this has been awesome. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much, guys. It's really cool. All right. Okay. Sweet. Nice one. Okay. Bye, everyone. Again, again. everyone thank you so much for listening to the show uh, the show is brought to you by myself and my teaching services if you'd like some guitar lessons go to uh, www.simonteachesguitar.com where you can hear all about what i do and uh, 50% off your first hour lesson with me so that's just 15 pounds also mention simon campbell instant in your inquiry you get another five pounds off so that's just 10 pounds for your first guitar lesson you are not going to get a better deal than that all right, folks, thanks so much for listening again. Uh, yeah, if you like what you hear, uh, consider subscribing or following the channel, whatever it is you need to do. And uh, if you want to share us out on social media, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your colleagues, tell your priest, tell your dog, tell your mother-in-law, tell everyone. Spread the word, folks. Uh, I really enjoy making this podcast, so the more people that hear them, the better. All right, lovely people. I will see you again next week. Take care of yourselves out there.